Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Down the bitch gang. Yay. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard. Couple scars. Wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power have the guts. We here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome into the latest episode of Five on the Floor, post-game edition of Five on the Floor. I'm your host, Greg Sylvander. Tonight's floor plan with me, Alex Toledo. You can follow him on X, Twitter, at Tropical Blanket. We also have Brady Hawk. You can follow him at Brady Hawk 305 the floor plan, we are going to dissect the Miami Heat's two-point loss up in New York in Madison Square Garden against the New York Knicks. This was a game that they had full control of, and they let it slip away, common theme. So we're going to get into that. Uh, we're going to dive into all of the different things we saw from Heat players, as well as some funny things that we saw and some matchups here and there. So there's lots to unpack. We'll get to it all. But before we go into any of that, we're going to first hit you with the Gamer of the Night. And now on Five on the Floor, it's time for the Gamer of the Night, sponsored by Rock Esports Center, the place to eat, drink, and play all day. Host your next birthday party with them. Located at 15305 South Dixie Highway in Palmetto Bay, they've got a 5,500-square-foot state-of-the-art center equipped with all the high-end power. Play all-day passes, available for just 25 bucks. but if you mention five reasons... It's just $20. So mention five reasons or five RSN. You get to play all day for $20. And now, the gamer of the night. So, yeah, I don't want to do this, especially on a night for our viewers on the YouTube channel where I'm debuting the Guts hat. Shout out to the Miami Heat store for making merch that so uh, beautifully is intertwined with my soul. The gamer of the night is Jalen Brunson. And this guy was in his bag. He's usually in his bag. He's a player I like around the league. I think the Dallas Mavericks completely fumbled the Luka Doncic era when they let Jalen Brunson leave. And I'll maintain that, that that was the moment that I think Luka will now eventually end up elsewhere. That's a hot take for another day. Jalen Brunson had 24 points, 10 of 16 from the field, three rebounds, three assists, but we don't care about the counting stats. He had Jaime Jaquez isolated on him, and he went to work. And, and late in that game, uh, the New York Knicks went on a 29-11 to 11 run in the fourth quarter. That was the score, 29-11. to 11. I'll say that again. And it was ugly. And Jalen Brunson went crazy. And we were laughing about it on playback because it was just funny because Jaime Jaquez was not backing down. Brady Hawk, uh, there's a part of me that feels good that Jaime keeps getting put in these spots to guard the best players on the best teams. Tonight was a tough one to watch because Jalen was just playing so well. Uh, 
I'm not going to ask you about what happened in the fourth quarter because I know that you're tired of me asking that question on this post-game show now. I'll let Alex try to figure that one out. Uh, specifically, Jalen Brunson, why the hell could they not contain him tonight? It's I don't think it's Jaime Hockey's fault. But what did you see? What, what What were your thoughts on how they defended him? So, yeah, I think, number one, it was a lot of single coverage. So it's a lot of one-on-one stuff, which is – really tough with Jalen Brunson because he's so shifty. Like there's just, there's like, they face so many good playoffs uh, players going back to last year's playoffs. And the one that spoke kept like talking about and going back to, it felt like over and over was Jalen Brunson. Like he was, he was one of those guys that he really struggled to, to find counters to just because he does it in a Jimmy type way as we were talking about on playback as well. Cause he just does it in terms of just finding angles, moving Jaime around late in that game where, I've talked about a lot. Jaime has done a really good job just containing a lot of these top players. He's done a good job of kind of just staying down on shot fakes and moves. He was all over the place with Brunson, and that's just credit to him for making those moves. It's also Jaime is not – as much as we give him credit for defense for his defensive ability so far, he's not built to be guarding point guards. Like he's not built to be out there to guard quick guys like Jalen Brunson. That's not his perfect build to defend. Uh, Haywood, on the ha- other hand – totally different case like that's why i think in that case you would want haywood out there to kind of guard a brunson obviously haywood did it's another game where haywood didn't really have a flow offensively they go with jaime late in the game he ends up on the switch and there's kind of where you have it so we're going to talk a lot about the offense we're going to talk a lot about what happened in the fourth quarter as you mentioned greg but i think the thing about brunson is more so of what keeps happening in this trend in the fourth quarters with miami defensively over and over and over like we're going to keep talking about what keeps happening with this offense but like they let this happen defensively over and over in the fourth quarters and we did a fourth quarter episode we talked about the fact that this was number two defense in fourth quarters last year in the nba now they're in the bottom of the league like they just fall off a cliff and it's not like they're putting out bad defensive lineups it's not like they're putting out a ton of bad defensive players is it effort is it scheme like i I don't know like i think that's the questions that they have to start asking themselves because that's the point that you're kind of getting to is like it gets to a point of coasting. Like these are two games that were in the bag for you that you're up 20 points and you kind of just, it just drops <laughs> into their lap. Yeah. Like it just falls right into the, into their play style. So it's happened a couple times. Part of it I'll say is we talk a lot about the, uh, their ability in transition defensively. And a lot of the offense is bleeding into the defense of the fourth quarter where we were talking about either if they were, they started speeding things up and it's turnovers going the other direction, it's a quickly three in transition. Or they start slowing things down, and all of a sudden it's just flattened out, and then they get in the flow on the other end. So it's like they have to figure out what speed they want to play at. Because I felt like so many times in the fourth quarter, they either played too fast or too slow, where they just didn't know what they were trying to do. It depends on the lineup, I guess, but it's something they really have to figure out because this this fourth quarter thing is a legit problem. It really is. And um, then when you look – and see that Miami only committed 11 turnovers. So then like to compound all this, they're taking care of the basketball. They come out in the third quarter with a modest lead, um, but they had basically, you felt like they had the game under control. They come out in the second half. They really blitz New York. 37 to 20 was what um, the scoring was in the third quarter, Alex. So that was like a huge push for Miami. They went into the fourth quarter in complete control 29 to 11 comes. Common threads for you are what? I know that this is um, probably its own episode. So like, I don't necessarily need you to unpack it from every angle. But if you had to say, what is the big, 
top couple things that you're seeing reoccurring over and over again in the fourth quarter meltdowns, what would you hone in on or what, what, what comes top of mind right now? Honestly, um, I don't know that there is just one thing I feel like, and this is part of this, this part of it's kind of a cop out answer. Like uh, when you talk about the complacency, it feels like that's, that's a part of it, right? It's not everything, but there, there's a certain level of complacency where, it's not that they're not trying. It's just maybe they're not quite as focused as in other parts of the game. They had such a great third quarter, you know, like you said, outscoring them by 17 in the third. And then to get, you know, to the Knicks just outdo it, outscore you by 18 in the fourth quarter. It's unfortunate, man. Um, I don't think complacency is all of it. I think so. the the one of the re- reoccurring themes in these fourth quarters, specifically once Jimmy is back in the game, is his offense. I feel like it's been very all over the place. It's been kind of a roller coaster. Like, you know, I I had some belief, right, when he took that shot um, at the end of the game. It wasn't a bad look. But just in general, I feel like he hasn't been getting to his spots, hasn't been quite as impactful or efficient um, in the crunch time offense as, as he's been in the past for the Heat. Uh, and I, I think that kind of trickles down a little bit because he's the guy who is supposed to calm you down in these fourth quarters. Like, their whole thing is, you know, you hang around, and even if the team comes back, you, like, you have – you know, you have a closer and your other closer is not playing in Tyler Hero. I, I think um, they were doubling a lot on Bam today. And I think that affected his game, too. He seemed a little bit like he still had a good game. I think Bam did a, a good job uh, reacting to the doubles for the most part in the way that they were defending him. But I think when it comes to him finding his own offense by the end of the game, it was a little hard for him. I, and there was that one rushed like mid range attempt when he finally found like when he had like a second of uh open space so like i think some of it tonight was a a reaction to the next defense i think jimmy's got to be better in the fourth quarter and i think tonight i i thought it was going to be a rougher game offensively than even what it was they ended up finishing with like a bad offensive rating they started off pretty good but you know when you're missing duncan robinson you're missing tyler hero you're playing against uh, a Knicks defense that has been very good we knew that they were going to double the heat's best players and I think th- them doubling Bam was kind of the X factor because we've seen them double Jimmy so much. But now with yeah. the other guys out, it just made a lot of sense for Thibodeau to to double Bam. And so I think as a result of that, it got a little murky for those guys. And you just don't have other knockdown shooters out there. And it just kind of got ugly from there. Like you, you maybe hope that Kyle could have another like huge shooting game. That wasn't the case. Hawkins had a good game. Um, you know, he had a rough start at, at the beginning. I wasn't able to. Uh, do it towards the end. You probably could have hoped for some clutch buckets from him there, but no, I just think they've got to settle down a little bit. They've got to, like Brady said, I completely agree with Brady about figuring out what speed they want to play at. There was times in the fourth quarter um, early on where they were kind of just pushing the pace and, and the Knicks would get right back out in transition and get easy transition buckets. And that's how it piled up because the Knicks are not like a great half court scoring team. In fact, they're like the worst finishing team in the league at the rim by a good amount. Ugh. So like they they were just getting a lot of their stuff in transition. And I think that's what the Heat wanted to do. And like you said, Leif, they won the turnover battle as far as total turnovers, but they just weren't able to make uh you know make it in transition <laughs> as much as they needed to. And I think in, in 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 the fourth quarter, the Knicks were basically playing the Heat's game, like making up for the easy buckets by getting trans, you know, easy ones in transition and, and just playing solid defense. I think the Heat gotta be defense first. And just settle down on offense and, and take good shots. Like that's what they do. Be, they're a low turnover, take good shots type of team in the in, in the fourth quarter. So just stick to your identity. 
Something I noticed about tonight's game also that I think is worth pointing out, and I know that um, there's guys in and out, and RJ Hampton is currently not available, uh, and Jovic is on assignment in, in Sioux Falls. Uh, Orlando Robinson was just assigned as well. And obviously, Duncan, Drew Smith, there's all these kinds of different things um, with, the, with the roster. But it felt like Spo couldn't go very deep here. Like, if I'm looking over this now, Kevin Love had 18 minutes. Caleb Martin had 17 minutes. That's concerning. And Cole Swider had a six-minute stint that was for, as forgettable as can be. I find it interesting that he can't – that Spolstra doesn't have eight guys that could that could eclipse 20 minutes in a game like this. Um, that's just an interesting observation for me um, just because I would have hoped that Caleb maybe would be able to take on some more of those minutes by now. But it doesn't appear as if he's quite there yet. Hopefully it will be soon. Uh, let's hit you with the – play of the night next we hate to be about uh all of our segments to be about new york knicks but they did some sick stuff tonight but let's check out our a aggressive play of the night and now it's time for the insurance by lynette play of the night sponsored by insurance by lynette.com and a aggressive insurance agency you can reach out to our friend lynette at 954-581-8800 that's 954-581-8800 or insurance by lynette.com that's insurance by lynette.com with two n's and two t's your best play for auto insurance homeowners insurance condo insurance life insurance or a retirement program Reach out to Lynette at insurancebylynette.com. So there's a bunch of these I could go with, but I'm going to hone in on this one particular play. Uh, and it was with, bear with me as I um, scroll here uh, to get to it. It was with 5.53 to go in the game. Jalen Brunson was feeling it. He made a step back jumper from the right wing that was a key bucket in getting them even closer to Miami as they continued to make a comeback. Uh, they went back and forth. Jaime Jaquez made a three-pointer as they came down the floor. Um, it was some back-and-forth action, but ultimately ended in Jalen Brunson getting the best of him with another bucket and the foul. It was a tough night, but that was the A-aggressive play of the night because Jalen Brunson was in his bag. Shout-out to him. The Miami Heat did lose 100-98. to um, all the other guys, and I mentioned some of them and the fact that there isn't enough, I felt like they, uh, to me, I wish they could have gotten a little bit more out of a guy like Caleb tonight. Uh, Alex, do you think that I am overreacting with Caleb Martin? Do you think that there's uh, something to be worried about there? Haywood Highsmith, we haven't talked about yet. Interested your thoughts on his night. Um, yeah, Caleb and, and Haywood Highsmith, Alex, how, what do you, how do you feel about those two wings? So, excuse me, when it comes to Highsmith, I mean, like we talked about this on Playback. Of course, I'm going to promote it. If I have to bring it up, I'm going to promote it. Playback.tv slash 5 or download the app. No cable subscription needed to just hang out with us. Um, another great time tonight. It was fun watching that game with everybody. But, yeah, like I think Caleb, I mean, excuse me, Highsmith, he's just got to keep taking the open threes. He Like, he's not a knockdown guy, but when those shots are there, he's got to take them. And so – you know, with three-point shooting with somebody who wasn't a knockdown guy, like, it's, it can be up and down at times. And Haywood was just known as, like, a corner three-point shooter up to this year. And now he just started adding some of the wing stuff. So I, I would be a little bit more patient with him. I think he's been so good on the defensive end that he, he can – he deserves that patience. 
and um, just just kind of you know I think we got to wait it out a little bit to see how how long this goes on for and see if it stabilizes. But with Caleb, I I definitely have more concern just because the shot has looked flat. Like we've seen flashes here and there of you know not. <laughs> It's going to sound bad, but like the old Caleb, as far as what you saw from him last season with the finishing, um, I don't think the closeout attacking has been there on the same level. I've just like occasionally you see the finishes here and there, but I just don't think the activity is on the same level for him. Offensively, he doesn't look as confident. I think the shot has looked consistently pretty flat. Um, not that his shot was like beautiful before, right? But he's been one of those guys who like ever since he's been here, he's had a pretty good three point percentage. Right. And he's not considered a knockdown guy. So the shot being flat is not great. I still believe that he can figure it out. But it's of course, it's going to be a concern when, you know, you have the looming free agency, you have the knee tendinosis and just the fact that he hasn't looked all that great since he's uh, been back. And after last season and the way that he performed in the playoffs, you'd think that they would it would be necessary for him to be playing well for, you know, for them to get to where they want to go. So it's good that they have some other guys who have stepped up. But. They're going to need Caleb to get back into form at some point or another. So it's it's a good thing it's a long season. And, yeah, as far as Jalen Brunson, man, that guy is filthy. Like, it was – I was there just on playback reacting like a like a shocked fan at some of these shots that he was making, man. Like, he and, – and Brady brought this up, that Hawkins is not – you know, he's not exactly a guard defender. Hawkins has done such a great job on so many stars. So when, when somebody mixes him up the way Brunson was, it's it's it just really stands out how good that guy is as a player. And again, another thing we talked about on playback is he has kind of an unorthodox game for an NBA point guard with the way that he can get like his back to the basket and he kind of plays at different paces and he's really good at getting foul calls and, and kind of gaming that part of it. So the guy is is really damn good, and I think Hakez had a couple of plays between that the spin into the layup earlier in the game, and then and then the pass that he had to Bam, um, yeah. that which was just a ridiculous pass in the paint. That it could have been they could have been the plays of the game, and then Brunson went on an, went on an insane run and really just mixed up Hakez a couple of times there, and it was just awe inspiring. Like the guy, the Heat have just faced him so many times now. And, you know, so many of them with actual stakes in the playoffs, like you, you think they know all of his moves and all that. It's just the guy is really hard to guard. One of those plays was like he he had he bumped Jimmy out of the way and then finished over Bam. Like the guy, <laughs> it's not like it's only on some of their weaker defenders or anything like that. He's just really, really good. So, uh, you know, shout out to him. Of course, screw the Knicks, but you got to give Brunson credit where it's due. Yes, very much so. Screw the Knicks. I still will tell you in a seven-game series, this this team does not worry me. It's more about that. I just wish the Heat nope. would capitalize on these games. Uh, Brady, before we go to the injury report, just your final thoughts. Can only be just thirty seconds or less um, on fourth quarter execution. Like if you could if you could hone into one thing that uh, you think when they face Brooklyn tomorrow night, because again we're on the sec- the first of a second night or the first of a back-to-back um, fourth quarter execution. One thing they could do differently that would really impact tomorrow night is what? I just think if they have a lead and this is what I said earlier, they just can't, they play this style where they just start taking a knee and punting where they just, they just kind of give up and go conservative instead of playing that what got them the lead. You got the lead because you were playing faster and playing off turnovers and getting to the basket. Uh, you did not do it off, 
shooting a bunch of threes because you did not have Tyler Hero, you did not have Duncan Robinson, you did not have a personnel rotation of a, of a lineup that you're just going to get up a bunch of threes and shoot at a high percentage. That's not what you were going to do. It's not what you did. And that's not even how you were able to get that type of lead. You did in the others in these other ways, you get to the fourth quarter and it gets thrown out the window. But the other thing I was, I, I wanted to mention was looking at Bam's game today where he has a decent game. He shoots 50% from the field. He shoot he, he scores over 20. He has a good game, but I think there's like these moments throughout the season where there's like a moment where maybe you, you reevaluate things that you're going to have to come back to as a coaching staff. And I think one of the things is they cannot give up on Bam just because he's doubled, like just because he starts getting doubled in the mid post. And, and especially in this lineups without Jimmy to start the fourth, it's not like, okay, swing and let's just hope somebody else can just take somebody off a, a secondary yeah. attack or an isolation. You have to figure, figure something out or put them in a position uh, or let, start putting him on the roll a little more and see if they react and send a double on the roll. Let him play make from the top and run in an isolation. Do something differently and adjust because I just feel like they were just they, – they didn't really shift anything from the fact once they started throwing those doubles at Bam. So that's You're something right. that I don't want to overreact to, but it is something that they're definitely 100% going to look at in the film and say we need to figure this out if this happens again because there's teams that are going to be looking not at this game specifically and saying, oh, this is how you stop Bam. But they're saying, well – if we throw, start throwing Bam doubles at Bam in the third quarter in a random game, can that turn their offense off? And can they adjust from there? So I think they have to figure out counters from there, especially in these new lineups, because this is a totally new group that they're playing with, even though it's the same team. These are new lineup combinations around Bam that they have to figure out different things. Uh, so, yeah, that that's one thing that stood out to me. It's I'm not even going to say it's not on Bam. I'm not even going to say it's on anybody, but – now it, the game's over. <laughs> Look forward. You have to figure that out because, hey, if Brooklyn throws that to you tomorrow, you better be ready to figure something out. It's very true, and I think that this is kind of the evolution of Bam becoming a more featured player and how that works itself out because you're right. They need him to kind of fight for position, maybe seal his man, and you throw it back to him again, whatever the hell it is. Like it, It's got to be a situation where you're looking back to him and you don't just look off. This is a crazy stat that I'm going to end with before we go to the injury report. I mentioned earlier in the show that the Heat had 11 turnovers. The Knicks had 25 points off those 11 turnovers. You talk about maximizing 11 turnovers and turning it into offense. 25 points on 11 turnovers, that's insane. I, I, I can't remember the last time I saw so little turnovers and so many points um, coming off of them. Anyway, I digress. Let's go to the injury report. And now it's time for the official five on the floor injury report sponsored by our friend Eric Rubenstein, the personal injury attorney born and raised in Lauderdale, Florida, lives in Miami, went to St. Thomas. He's a South Florida guy and a huge Miami Heat fan. But the important thing is he can help you get your money that you deserve when something happens to you. So reach out to our guy, Eric Rubenstein, again, ericrubenstein.com or ask about me. I got you on Instagram. And now... The injury report. Okay, the injury report. It was a jam-packed one, actually. Duncan Robinson did not play tonight. He was tagged as day-to-day. MRI um, shows that he will basically be okay. Um, in the, in like the, if I forgot exactly how it was worded, but he's day-to-day. Uh, I would not worry there. Cole Swider got you know came back and got some action tonight because of that. What was the other one? Drew Smith, really unfortunate. Be out for the year. Um, 
MRI confirmed a knee sprain that is bad enough to keep him out for the rest of the year. Uh, the court uh, was definitely something that I know Eric Spolster had a point of contention with, and it'll be interesting to see what they do going forward uh, with the lineup that they have where with the rotation there um, now, because he is injured, Drew Smith will count as his fully guaranteed contract of 1.8 million. He had a uh, fully guaranteed date of January the 10th that he, um, that the heat could have waived him and not been um, responsible for his entire salary. So now because he is injured, he will be um, on the book. So they get that much closer to the second apron. And I know that we're trying to avoid that. Nikola Jovic is on G league assignment as is Orlando Robinson. Um, Tyler hero continuing to rehab. Ethan has started to whisper that the game at home against Milwaukee may be a target date. So let's watch out for that. RJ Hampton continues to rehab as well. Jamal Kane and Thomas Bryant were DMP coaches decisions. Jimmy Butler, the last of the ones here did get his ankle um, sprained in this game, hobbled around, did not look right. I bet he doesn't play against Brooklyn. He may even sit longer than that, but I am completely speculating. Um, Alex, Final thoughts on this game, the injury report. What do you think they're going to how, – how will they handle Jimmy before we close up shop here? Yeah, the Jimmy thing, <clears throat> excuse me, is obviously really unfortunate, man. And like I said on playback, it was a sequel nobody asked for when it comes to Jimmy injuring his ankle at Madison Square Garden and playing hobbled. It just It's really just tough to not be reminded of, of that game at MSG in the last playoff. So, yeah, it sucks. He really played through it. I mean, I thought it could have been worse. He did his best, but, um, yeah, it was looking kind of rough there. I would be shocked if he played tomorrow. Um, and like Brady was saying on playback, he's going to have at least three days off if he doesn't play tomorrow. So that's good. I think he'll, we'll, it'll probably be a day-to-day thing. Obviously, if, if we find out something with, like, the x-ray and stuff, that changes things. But as far as, like, how it looks right now, it seems like it's going to be one of those things where they're going to wait the, wait out the three days. He doesn't play tomorrow and then see how he feels at the end there before the Bucks game. So it would be obviously really unfortunate for that if for them if they just lost him for that game and going forward. Other than that, the other thing I wanted to point out about this game it just very much confirms the eye test and kind of the roster deficiencies with the injury report, right, with Tyler and Duncan being out. The Heat shot 16 of 51 on jump shots tonight. So anything, including, you know, including anything in the mid-range and from three, 16 of 51 combined. Mm. And it's really, really rough. I, that's, it's bad, right? That's a, that's solid analysis there, I think. It's, that's, that's a bad percentage. <laughs> what, what, what they did do pretty well, you know, relative to what they usually do is, I mean, put up shots at the rim. They got up 26 at the rim tonight. That's a little bit more than they usually get up. So that's cool. Uh, I wish they would have finished a little better. They finished at 69% at the rim. You know, pretty nice. Not not too bad, not too great. But um, as far as the jump shots, you know, you got you to gotta hope it's a Tyler and Duncan thing, man. And I think you got to hope that Tyler comes back soon if Jimmy's going to be hobbled. Like, it's really hard not to just come back to that because – Look, like I know Kyle Lowry plays really well when they when they're missing multiple like best players, but that's it's not something to bank on game after game. So hopefully Tyler comes back soon. Hopefully the Jimmy Ankle thing is not too bad. 
And hopefully Caleb can get going sometime soon, man. They're going to need him to get back to playing like Caleb Martin. I just I don't want to deal with a bunch of these ugly offensive games going forward if guys are going to be super hobbled. But, yeah. Yeah, the uh, offense down the stretch was not fun. We'll see what they look like in Brooklyn. I have a feeling it's going to be a skeleton crew, but sometimes those games can tell us a lot about guys. I imagine Jaime Jaquez will be featured. Taking uh, over on Bam. Yeah, if Bam plays, take the overs on Bam. I would expect he loves playing the Nets. Um, and obviously, I also think Jaquez will get uh, a lot of run in that game. But who knows? They Maybe they'll go for that game. I get the sense just by what Ethan was communicating, and he's on the road there in um, New York, so he'll be also at the game tomorrow night in Brooklyn covering live. Um, maybe that's what's going on when we're talking about fourth quarter struggles. But he he kind of mm-hmm. sounded like they were going for this one, but they may hang back a little bit against Brooklyn. So we'll see there. Uh, Alex, Brady, thank you for joining me. Five on the floor, post game. another edition is done. We'll have you covered for Heat Nets tomorrow night. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Reason Sports Network. After all, someone needs to listen to my dad. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.